Blog Talk Radio. Joan Serio 
back on the show. Welcome back, Joan. Thank you, Susan. I am really excited to be back here again. Oh, well, thank you. And I am just so happy to have you on right at the beginning of this new season um, because I know that you and I have wanted to talk again, and, and I think part of the message of your work is that everything happens in perfect timing, and I am just so happy to have you here again. Well, thank you. Um, since we haven't talked in a while, I think that probably a little bit of review is in order, although um, one of the things I aim to do is surface um, other times that we have talked. and. But what I'd like you to do is is perhaps provide us again with an introduction to your approach to understanding the heart and and how we can understand it in a in a deeper way in a very physically connected way that is is fascinating. Wow, Susan, that would take the full hour. So I'll try to condense it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just fill it as much as I can. So, uh, yes, in Hardwired Heaven, I talk about the physical heart and the metaphysical heart. So the yes. physical heart and the, its shape is very important to us. Um, and the heart is shaped, uh, is conically shaped, it's not like a cone. It's wider at the top and comes down to an apex at the bottom. And this is conducive to, you know, um, like a, a vortex. If you think yeah. of a tornado, what does a tornado look like? You know, and this energy, this spiraling energy, and actually the fibers of the heart, the layers of the cells of the, of the heart, they actually do spiral around to make it so when it does pump the blood, it does it in a... Um, in a spiraling fashion. And not only does it make it very efficient, but it also forces the blood out in that way. And then, um, you know, I can talk another hour on a red blood cell <laughs> and, and its yeah. shape and all. And so, so there's a lot about the anatomy of the heart and also the four yeah. chambers of the heart, which I talk about and refer a little bit to with the sacred coronet, which I call the special place in the heart that yeah. um, the ancient mystics have talked about for centuries. And this yeah. special place in the heart is what connects our physical heart to our metaphysical heart, quote-unquote, to us, to the, to the unified field, to the one heart, as you may want to refer to it. Sometimes I refer to it as the one heart, you know, the one in the many. And that's what connects us to home. That's home base. That's our source. That's our... That's our, like, cosmic umbilical cord, or as I say in the book, it's your USB port, your USB yeah. cable. And this is how we get all our information. It's not the brain that's really running the show. It's the heart. And it's the heart because the heart's electromagnetic field is 5,000 times more powerful than the magnetic field. is 5,000 times more powerful than the brain. And its electric field is 60 times more powerful than the brain. So it's the heart that's taking in this information first, not the brain. And actually, there have been, um, scientists have found that there's brain tissue within the heart and started this whole other field called neurocardiology. So not only does the brain, I mean, excuse me, does the heart pump blood, but it also can um, take in information similarly to what the brain does. And of course, biochemically, and also, uh, it is an endocrine gland, too. 
so there's there's a lot in the book about the physical heart and how that impacts and uh, the metaphysical heart and why. I mean, when you when you look at um, the hermetic axiom as above, so below, as within, so without, you know, what our heart mirrors, the physical heart, is what gets mirrored in the, in the universe or in the unified field, as I call it, this field of energy from which everything is generated. Yes. You know, since we talked last, Joan, I had an experience where I was um, at a, it was an expo, the Conscious Life Expo, actually, and I went to a seminar with Greg Braden, and he did an experiment using some of the heart math equipment, although we weren't really um, hooked up. He was trying to help us to understand when we're feeling physical sensations from our heart. And so he did an experiment, which I've seen shown in some other contexts, like um, in the Power of the Heart movie, for example, is one. And this is coming up, it just seems, for multiple people, where we watch some imagery various images that would cause our hearts to react. And then we became aware of the physical sensations in our chest, you know, that our hearts were actually responding to. And and he wasn't showing harsh things. They were really um, very inspirational, you know, just beautiful. There was I can't even remember exactly what it was anymore. Um, although sometimes in these experiments they show harsher things. Um, and I noticed a tingling. I noticed it. It was radiating. When I felt uplifted, I noticed a physical tingling that was radiating outward. And in the months since, because this was last February, I've noticed that when I'm really exploring something, when I'm I'm really reaching, connecting uh, in a love-based way, to that higher experience, um, I feel it, and it becomes more pervasive. I've noticed it going down my arms, you know, and it radiates from my heart. So, and I I imagine if other people paid attention to this, they'd start to notice that there are very real electromagnetic effects going on, and it's really cool when you notice it. And so I wanted to to get your um, reflections on this experience because I feel you are very much an expert in this domain, and this is not something that I've talked about on the show yet. Oh, well, well, yeah, it makes sense because the heart's electromagnetic field, you know, it's it, you know, it, just like you can take an electrocardiogram of the heart and electrical impulses of the heart. So if you um, obviously touch a live wire, you're going to feel it. We're, we're bioelectric beings, you know, we're yeah. electromagnetic beings. And um, so if you tune in enough, you'll feel that, you know, if you be, have more and more body awareness, you can feel this. And the more you um, come from your heart or you focus, another great tool that HeartMath has um, is the coherence, you know, uh, tool where yeah. you breathe in and out from your heart. Uh-huh. So you're bringing your focus to your heart and you're, and you're actually, and, and I, I would add a little bit more to that. Uh, it's kind of like doing brain respiration and Don Hawk yoga that I did in, in Sedona uh-huh. for a while. Um, you know, you, you consciously breathe in and out from the brain, but you expand it and you contract it. So you can do the same way with your heart. You can expand your electromagnetic field while you're doing that. 
and, and, and bringing in the in-breath and the out-breath. Yes, and you know, at this seminar that I was in, there was equipment in the room. It's just that it was, I've seen some experiments where everybody in the room is hooked up in some way, almost like biofeedback or something. But um, there was something he was measuring, the the coherence, because he's very much into this. And as you're talking about this, you're triggering my memory that we did participate in a group experience during during this seminar much like that and it's amazing it it teaches you things that it seems like we have to unlearn so many things Joan because you know we we've been distanced from the idea that the body or the heart could really act this way even though um figuratively in our, all of our literature and all of our experience that the heart is always referred to in a very special way and yet only now are we beginning to make these physical connections, and and I think um, it's it's an amazing time that we live in that we can have this awareness. Yes, that's what this time is all about: is <laughs> increasing awareness and waking up. Yes, yes. So, so Joan, now once we become aware, as our awareness rises, because it's a it's a process. I I know all of us are are, and it it seems to fluctuate too with the the moment, which it's, it's yeah. I know we've all. Um, how then? Because I know you talk about this a lot in your book. How then can we open that door more and more to creating the dreams of our hearts and aligning with the multiverse? as we do so? Well, the more we become heart-centered, we just talked about that. And when we focus on that, um, the heart will guide us. It's it's the mission control. We get information that way. The more we can pay attention to that still, small voice, the more we can pay attention to the signs, the signals we get all the time in our lives, to our intuitive sense, the more we can follow our heart. Um, And the more that we open up spiritually, the more we can quiet the mind so we can listen to the heart. Um, The more we we, uh, do our practice, you know, physically with our bodies, the more we can pay attention to the heart. Um, you know, there's, there's as many different ways that there are, you know, people probably of doing this. But what's happening now uh, is that whether you're practicing or not, people are starting to wake up. And this information that's coming in, it comes into our heart first. And I talk about in the book how my theory of how we physically become enlightened, how we take the light in, and the light comes in through the heart. Because the heart's electromagnetic field is so much stronger. It's the strongest one of the body. So if you are a tower, you know, who's going to be receiving the signal? You know, if all these fields are interacting, well, it's going to come to the heart first. And so as the light comes in, it goes into this place in the heart, which I call the sacred corner. And that was that interdimensional connection to source. And as that light comes in there, 
it reacts or is taken in by the water within the blood. Because what does the heart do? It pumps the blood. Yeah. And the blood is 70-80% water. And water, as we know from Dr. Emoto and some other researchers, holds memory. And water can structure itself in such a way that it becomes informed. Because it's the form that informs. So information comes in with life. It informs the water. It becomes a certain structure. It has a certain vibration. So whatever structure it has will dictate how it's vibrating. And then that blood gets sent throughout the body. So as that water travels with it, as that's vibrating, uh, we talked about coherence earlier, it's going to come into a harmonic or a similar wave pattern with the microtubules in the cells. And these microtubules, just think of them as little skeletal structures, a little skeleton of the cell, if you will. Mm -hmm. And inside these little skeletons is water. And the water within them is what starts to vibrate too. And, and when it does it, it goes through this like immediate super radiant download. And there's how the information, I think, feel, gets into the cells, gets through the body, and then as it goes through, you know, it, it takes the information out because it's a, it's a back and forth thing. We can't just get information in and not feed it back to the field. You know, we have to have this interaction going on. And yeah. uh, so that's why the heart, I call the cosmic clearinghouse. Yeah. Because it's taking in all of this information and we're getting all new information. And uh, it's been proven uh, by Bruce Lipton, Dr. Lipton, in his book, The Biology Belief, that, you know, our thoughts do change our DNA. You know, as we're taking in more information, as other things come in and we change the way we think and feel, it changes our DNA. And actually, there's water. Water is ubiquitous, I'll tell you. It's, yes. it's, it's so important to everything. There's water molecules that are on the inside of DNA. So all that mm -hmm. helical structure of DNA, there's water on the inside. And so water plays a part in how things get, I think, transferred and, and changed within the DNA. Yes. You know, I love how the research that we're hearing from different sources, you know, because we've been hearing about the water, as you mentioned, you know, just the, the structure of water and how it can change and and yet, it's all becoming integrated now, and and it's beautiful how, you know, we are heart-based beings, and yet, as you say, you know, there's cells of the brain, there, there's brain tissue in the heart, and, and it's becoming integrated, you know, because it makes perfect sense to the mind. The more that... The more that all of this research that people are doing, including you, in fact, you are a great integrator, I feel. That's one of, of your core roles, Joan, is that you're able to to take all of these sources and integrate them so that we have a greater understanding. And I think that, that there can be resistance to this. In fact, the last guest that I had on, we his book... Um, he talked about this too is that and we've all seen it you know there's skeptics out there and they're becoming stronger and more resistant in a sense because because i think that it's becoming so compelling some of the evidence especially coming out of quantum physics and all these different fields it's threatening to how they choose to think about the world that it just 
it's very threatening to a materialist worldview. And and so that's why it's collapsing and more people are awakening, I feel. And and so I guess, um, you know, how would I formulate this as a question? In a way, it's more of a comment that as I hear you talking about and in your book, as as you integrate all these things together, it's part of the awakening because you're helping people who are based in the mind and some may be listening real you know you're connecting directly to their heart and their mind is what you're doing and i think that that's a very magical kind of alchemy yes because it's about balancing the two uh, yes. and and i feel like that science has at least in the life sciences has focused so much on the brain yes the consciousness is in the brain, that the brain rules everything, and, you know, and not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but hello, <laughs> you know, there's there's something else here to consider. And I think, you know, more and more we're finding that the brain is really going to be a tool than it is, you know, the command and control of everything here. Yes, there's a lot of control centers there, but the largest one, I feel, is in the heart. You know, it seems that in parallel with all of this progress, we do have this parallel field of transhumanism where there is the view very much, you know, people insisting on holding on to this view that, you know, the the that thoughts are just, you know, they, there is no soul. Um, your brain is is no more than, no more, and I say that, realizing it's very much more because to say that electromagnetic impulses are just are just electromagnetic impulses <laughs> is actually <laughs> that that's totally contradictory because there's a lot to that but but to them oh, there's yeah. a, as you know that that's belittled in a way well you know it's just just like you know and we can contain it we can just put put everybody in a robot you know someday we'll reach this singularity where where you know we've created eternal life essentially and and what it is is totally brain based life and and there's a lot of enthusiasm in that in that domain that this could be possible and yet the interesting thing is possible in a different way <laughs> and it's already there you know we're the we're the biological beings containing this very creation, essentially, and and our our souls, essentially. I mean, it's just so much more. So again, more of a reflection. I don't know what it is. Lately, because this is pretty typical when when I have a guest like you on, Joan. It's just I I just want to reflect more than more than ask a question in a sense because it's just so fascinating how these things are all converging at once in our society. Definitely. So uh, maybe this is a good time, given there are skeptics out there, and that also I don't know a whole lot about this. I haven't really studied it. I've heard about it. I did a little bit of cursory research on it when we talked about it, is WaveX. There are a lot of people. I went out on Twitter. I tagged this to WaveX, and sure enough, there are a lot of people talking about WaveX out there in September. 
And can you introduce this to our audience since it's so relevant? Here we are on the brink of September. What is WaveX and, and what does it have to do with our hearts? Although I think you've already kind of explained that. <laughs> well, I'll do my best because I recently came across this too. And the reason it got my attention is fivefold. Let me go through that. Well, first of all, let me just say what WaveX. Wave X is gamma light coming from the galactic core heading towards Earth. And it was a term coined by Dr. Simon Atkins, who is a client risk economist, a planetary threat forecaster, and has his own PhD, which he created in biomedial electromagnetics. As we just said, how important electromagnetism is. Yes, that's what I meant. We've already explained That's what it is. That's what everything is. So, yeah, but he's the biomedial... He put together about, you know, meteorology and then also um, life and, and how yeah. it impacts us on Earth. So anyways, um, this gamma light, and why uh, it got my attention is fivefold. And first of all, I think I talked about this on our last show or maybe the one before, but it was about uh -huh. the galactic alignment zone that we're in now, which started in 1980 and ends next year. Yeah. And I think I said that, you know, 2015, 2016 are going to be, you know, interesting years, pivotal years, because generally when, you know, you're going through the zone and you're leaving next year and whenever energy kind of pulls away, moves away, there's usually this breaking type of energy uh, a lot of times that comes with it. Yeah. And so there could be a little bit of, of that going on. And, you know, the galactic alignment, we're, that's pretty powerful when we've been aligned with, you know, the galactic core. And then um, also, number two, uh, the Earth's magnetic field has been decreasing for quite a while now. And what does that mean? Well, the magnetic field of the Earth shields us from the solar charged particles or the galactic charged particles, the radiation that's coming to us from the sun or from the galactic center. And as that decreases, just think of it as the shields on the Star Trek, you know, and, you know, Scotty, you know, give it full power. Well, there's nothing left to it, so, you know, Captain. You know, our shields are down. <laughs> so, you know, so our shields are down, okay? Yeah. And then there's another one that I just read um, today, as a matter of fact, that the solar minimum could be as dangerous as the solar maximum. And what is interesting is cycle 24 was supposed to be, you know, this really uh, bad solar cycle when we have a lot of um, solar flares and all. And it was supposed uh -huh. to yeah, peak twice, they said, one in 2013, one in 2015. And we haven't seen that this year. I mean, yes, there was another uh, M-class flare, and there's, you know, 60% chance of it for today, another one, and 10% chance of an X-class flare uh, for today. You know, it, it, you know, there's some activity, but overall, compared to what it's been the last several years, it's much lower. Yeah. And what, what that means is that if the sun isn't as active, then those galactic particles are coming. There's nothing to interfere with them. And so they can penetrate Earth and its atmosphere and all the way down to the core. And the fourth thing is that um, there's recent evidence that the Earth is being bombarded with galactic charged particles. Because back in 2013, I mentioned in the book that astronomers found 
that there was a huge outflow of charged particles from the center of our galaxy. And now we know that, yeah, we're being bombarded by them. Our shields are down. We're probably heading in a solar minimum. Most scientists are, are uh, in agreement on that now. And that means that those galactic uh, particles will get, you know, come all the way through. And, uh, you know, so when he says this wave X coming from the galactic core heading towards Earth, it got my attention. Yeah. And I don't know if it's going to peak, uh, you know, on September 28th. I do know that astrologically it's a jam-packed month next month. Now, I am not an, astro- uh, an astrologer. But um, on the 28th, there's a total lunar eclipse, and that happens to be a full moon, and it happens to be the last, the fourth of a series of blood moons. There was a tetrad of eclipses that were very close together that started in April of 2014, went to October 2014, then April 2015, and now the end of September. And... You know, with this blood moon, there's been this prophecy of large earthquakes and blah, 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 blah. This comes with its own prophecy. Yeah. And, you know, and there's another uh, partial solar eclipse on the 13th and sandwiched in between is, you know, Saturn going direct, Jupiter posing up soon, and Saturn enters Sagittarius, and we also have (laughs) the equinox. So there's a lot of activity going on there because we're talking about cosmic events here. You know, and this is how the cosmology is really affecting us. So now what Dr. Atkins says is that, you know, this could cause large earthquakes. This could cause social and political unrest, which we've seen a lot of lately. Um, You know, it could cause a fluctuation in the financial markets, which, you know, Monday they opened up the lowest they had, you know, over a thousand points the Dow was down. You know, so we're already starting to see this. So I'm like, okay, that's, and so I, I start to pay attention to it. So is it is it real? I don't know. But I do believe that galactic particles are reaching Earth, and we're getting bombarded by them. And what comes with these charged particles is information. And why it's so important um, is because he says the reason for this wave is to wake us up, which I agree, which I talk about in the book. That's why all this stuff is happening. It's to increase our consciousness. And when that happens, then um, we increase our psychic abilities. There's going to be an increase in love and spontaneous healing. And the reason the heart is so important, because I said it's the cosmic clearinghouse. So where is all this going to, you know, come in but through the heart? Yes. And that's why it's so, the heart is so very important. And I actually, you know, in the book, I talk about the cosmic defibrillator uh, and about the I gamma rays. Yes. And, and, you know, and these gamma rays are going to be like, you know, to jumpstart our hearts. Yes. And, you know, and that was another reason uh, it, it got, me, got my attention because he talks about the gamma light coming in. And when that happens, uh, it changes. It changes the world in a way that, you know, like you're talking about. There's a new paradigm. Yeah. There's a new way of thinking of things. And, yeah. you know, if we if we awaken to the fact that uh, we are all connected, 
you know, this wave is coming that's not really outside of ourselves and going to be within us. <laughs> you know, whatever, these waves that keep moving through us, um, that we're all connected. That, yes, there is love and that is at the root of everything. Um, and it's interesting because Dr. Atkins does say that the heart is the mind connection to the universe. So he even says, he even sees there's this connection from the heart to the universe. And, you know, he he says that a way to, to ride this wave is to stay calm in your heart and to envision what you choose to create. So he's connecting, creating with the heart. Yeah. And that's what I do in the book that you can use the heart's electromagnetic field to create its desire. Yeah. You know, sometimes, Joan, I've noticed, and I'm sure all of us have noticed this, is that, you know, it seems like we're in alignment as much as we can be. You know, we we feel that, and yet something inexplicable happens. Like I had... Um, without getting into real details, I've referred to it on this show multiple times um, in the past year, um, a family member who had a, a very real health challenge and, and you know, finally went in for surgery and things. And and while I was experiencing this, which could have been extremely stressful, it was a very lengthy time, there was a lot of things going on, I saw, you know, the first thing I saw after this person, who's very dear to me, was rolled into surgery, was um, a miracle, actually. It was kind of a an inside reference to a powerful experience I had had many years before. And I tell you what, Joan, I went into the restaurant. I had gotten lost in the hospital, actually, and I was kind of shaken up. I had... And then this thing happened where I saw a poster that had had basically stars on it. It's kind of hard to explain all at once, but it was a very powerful aha because it connected to something. It connected me totally to the the higher heart, you know, to totally to my heart. I went into the restroom and I sat there and I just said, "Thank you, oh my gosh." I am so thankful. I know you are here saying you, not in an external way, because we tend to do that when we've been brought up in, in you know, as I was. I was brought up as an evangelical. Although when we have really powerful experiences, we externalize it, and then more and more we bring it and internalize it to both. And so it was both. But I tell you what, it helped me. When you talk about just now about being calm, you know, this would have been a situation where you would not be calm. And later I was tested because this code blue announcement came on over the intercom and we hadn't heard anything about the surgery and it had been a long time. It scared, it, it shook me up. But still, there it was, you know, because just, just having that awareness, I'm not alone. I'm not just, mm-hmm. you know, this biological being disconnected i'm not and neither was the the loved one in surgery and and it was so powerful and it really to me brought home 
and I can't say I am not perfect. I'm not calm all the time. I was I was feeling all kinds of stressful energies yesterday, for example. I think that a lot of people are in stress because of the financial markets mm-hmm. and so much mm-hmm. going on, and we pick up on it. So I'm going to give you all of this to reflect upon in, uh, reflect upon in a minute. But um, it's just it basically to me brought home that when when I was tested in in one of the greatest ways a person can be tested. Um, it it was there, and I was thankful. I mean, I was so thankful to have this greater awareness and a synchronicity to drive it home for me exactly when I needed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the key there is the awareness because yeah. the universe is constantly sending us information and messages, and it's up yeah. to us to pay attention. Yeah. And you, you paid attention and you got the message. And, yeah, and you know, um, it seems that way. And, you know, it's so funny that I was lost. I wouldn't have – I was. it was so symbolic, and we talked about this before the show, is that do you feel, Joan, and I, I know you reflect upon this too in your own way, that, that it just seems like reality really is becoming – when you become aware, it becomes so very holographic because cause you just see – the symbols that are helping you to grow and the fact that I was lost, you know, because the restroom was closed that I wanted to go to and, you know, I didn't know where the other one was. So I'm wandering around and that's when I saw a literal sign on the wall that had stars on it. And that led to, you know, being found, really. Right, um, right. And, and so to me, <laughs> or finding... <laughs> or remembering. Yeah, finding your way in, in yeah. you know, at least, uh, yeah, symbolic yeah. sense, yeah. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit more. I know you've briefly mentioned it, but this is coming up again and again on the show and was just on the last show as well. The synchronicity, Joan, um, because when you talk about, you know, we're guided, we're guided, um, I wonder if you could reflect on that a little bit more and you know maybe even share if you have any that that are good um indicators even from your own path that um you know how this this concept of synchronicity is so very connected to our hearts yes because it it's um i'm trying to think of a good analogy because uh, it, it, it's confirmation that we're following our heart, you know. It's um, yeah. like, you know, if you're in grade school, and, and this is probably dating myself, <laughs> you get little stars. <laughs> I'm sure it is because they don't write on yeah, paper I anymore. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and a little star on your paper, uh-huh. you know. And you get the little star, you know. And that's kind of like what, what all these synchronicities are. You know, because yep, you're on the right track, and it's it yep. is the universe leaving you breadcrumbs, and you're finding them. You know, and you get the little gold star. You know, like okay, now you keep going and get another gold star, and you keep going. You know, and it keeps you going. Uh huh. Um, it's true. And you know, I thought, it's interesting. I taught from my experience with a couple. So I talked about the cosmic defibrillator and why I have that in there, and why I have the intermittent gamma ray birth. Is uh, a lot of stuff happened to me when I was in Sedona, but this happened while I was in Sedona, and um, 
whether it was a visitation or whether it was it was an immediate download, I, I'm not sure. But in the middle of the night, I was awoken to intermittent gamma ray bursts. <laughs> I don't know how many of you wow. wake up in the middle of the night dreaming <laughs> of intermittent gamma ray bursts. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but it's not something oh that God. I normally normally know of. You know, but you know that got my attention because I don't normally dream about intermittent gamma ray bursts, uh-huh. and and also I can't remember the which came first. I think maybe the dipole moment came first. I think, but I was awoken again with dipole moment. I'm like, really, dipole moment? You know, wow. and uh, <laughs> so you know, I'm researching these the next day. I'm like, okay, because you woke me up in the middle of the night with dipole moment. I need to know. So. Um, What's interesting is I was preparing for the show today, you know, and I'm going through the book and I'm like, yeah, way back. See, that makes sense, you know, the cosmic defibrillator and there's the gamma rays Mm -hmm. coming through, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to see it also from a larger perspective, you know, because we have the micro and the macro going on here. Yeah. And we have this dipole. What's the earth? It's a dipole. Okay, it's sealed. It's a dipole. And, you know, the field's going down. And what's happening to the dipole? And what's the dipole moment happening? And, um, you know, and then we're looking at all these gamma rays coming in and these intermittent gamma ray bursts because it doesn't just, you know, flood. You, you get these bursts of light that come out. And uh, it's, it's, you know, the largest amount of energy in any ray. And these gamma rays are, are huge. You know, if we got hit by one directly, that'd be it. Boom, gone, vaporized. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, intermittent gamma ray bursts, won't that just destroy us? But, you know, this is traveling, I don't know how many light years, you got to remember. And two, it's got this higher purpose. Yeah. You know, everything is, I, and I talk about it in the beginning of the book. I talk about what energy and, and consciousness are, and you can't separate the two, really, because everything is conscious. Everything has information going through it. How do you say that it's not conscious? Um, so there's one example <laughs> of a synchronicity, uh-huh. but it didn't happen until later on, you know, and I wrote this down and I kept it in my mind, you know, and that's how it got into the book. But I see more and more now why this happened. But if you pay attention, it may not be immediate. A lot of these things are. But there's a good example of something that was, oh, my gosh, that was probably in 2006, maybe, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. um, That must have been a powerful time. You know, I, I think many people were having these very powerful awakenings. For me, it was between 2003 roughly to 2007, I guess that they were just, it was a very powerful time um, that different things, and I had things come to me as well um, that I still haven't done things with, you know, the, the, in the proper timing. And it, I'm not, and we're uh-huh. not alone. I mean, it just seems, uh-huh. in fact, that year 2003 has shown up a few times oh, with yeah. people I know who've had spiritual emergence experiences, which, which I had in 2003, um, really rocked my world, let me tell you. <laughs> I wouldn't be here at all. I mean, if if those things hadn't happened to to wake me up, and actually at the time I thought I was having a heart attack. In fact, there's 
there's a nice mm-hmm. uh, connection. Mm-hmm. And recently, yeah. um, also in L.A., I was listening to Baptiste de Pop. This was, um, and I've heard his story, but he told it so powerfully how when he had an awakening, he thought there was a bone in his heart. I mean, he literally felt a very... Mm-hmm extreme sensation well do you know joan in my case they checked my heart and everything you know and 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 you know and but yet obviously it there was a heart connection here and and you know there's quite a story involved with this which i'm you know at some point guided to unfold and i have a little bit progressively just what what happened to me as i begin to understand it more but the thing is, is the heart part of it, which is, you know, why you're here today, is that it just seems there's this common element mm-hmm. where physically when you're having a transcendent experience, part of it can often be um, very, you know, intense sensations in the heart, as if it is going through oh, a yeah. defibrillation. Oh, That's yeah. why I'm thinking about what oh, you're yeah. saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is like, defibrillator, yeah. That is it. <laughs> and I you don't even have an it, Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, and you don't no have a device idea. implanted for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and actually what I saw in the hospital um um directly referred to that because um soon after that I had a visionary experience where I looked in the mirror and I saw an image of the galaxy in the iris of my eye. And the sign that I saw up on the wall was a reference to the stars in your eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so and it just, you know, a couple months ago, actually it was weeks ago, it wasn't a couple months, just a few weeks ago, feels like months ago that I went through this. Um, so it was a reference all the way back to this very powerful, awakening, visionary experience I had in 2003, which was my um, defibrillation essentially and there would be no frontier beyond fear there'd be i i'd still be off you know writing programs or i don't know what i'd be doing <laughs> <But> <laughs> i i wouldn't be doing this let me this is about as far i mean i knew i had a spiritual side i knew that but i tended to resist it but to imagine <laughs> me doing this i no <laughs> no no and my old friends i'm sure you know they some of them know i do this and it's like what in the heck happened to susan you know and well you know <laughs> yeah, what yeah 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 something pretty cool happened so happened yeah <laughs> I, i've got a really I, i've got a story about that too actually All right. and, and yeah, again it was in 2006 <laughs> and it actually happened in santa fe of course uh-huh. sacred Fe. And it was in, um, I think, Guadalupe Church. And I was staying there. I stayed there for a little while in Santa Fe. And uh, a friend of mine took me down there. And they have this 24-hour prayer room in there. And um, she told me the passcode to go in and, you know, and go in there and pray. I said, okay. So one day I went, and it was within walking distance, and I went there and, and went in to pray. And... Of course, there's the picture of Jesus with the Sacred Heart, of course. Yes. <laughs> and I think there was the threefold flame coming out, um, you know, the white and the, the pink and the, and the blue and the, the gold, I mean, and, and the blue and the red and the pink. And um, and I'm, I'm there praying, and I feel like this pressure, like an elephant sitting on my chest, <laughs> you know, and I'm getting this pressure, and I'm like, 
should I leave? Am I okay? <laughs> you know, yeah. should I call 911? There's other people here. Should I say something? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and it, it, it almost took my breath away. And, um, and once it calmed down uh, and I was able to walk back, I said to the person I was staying with, I, you know, told her what happened. She goes, oh, I forgot to tell you, that's a heart-opening o- heart place. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Literally. Oh, thank you. I was saying no when I thought I was having the heart attack in there. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was interesting yeah. because it was the sacred heart. Uh-huh. And, you know, I talk about that in the book. And, like, why does Jesus point to the heart? Yeah. Why is the heart so important? And I think I've just scratched the surface. Oh, I I'm think sure so. There's more. But, well, and and I'm glad that you're you're still exploring the more because you know it it it, it just keeps growing um, this this body of wisdom now, which you know it's not it it feeds the mind, but it's really heart based wisdom is is what it is, and and it's it's also holographic because it's it's about the heart, and you know. Um, I, I find like that star motif keeps coming up. You randomly talked about stars on papers and all, you know, and, and I guess it's out there a lot. You know, a skeptic would say, well, you know, you're just pattern matching because the brain tends to, you've heard this, I know, the brain tends to look for patterns. But I'll tell you, some of the things that I've experienced, they're impossible. They are statistically mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely mm-hmm. so improbable. There's just no... No way. I mean, no possible way that that it isn't isn't. It's coming from intent. It's not just random, you know. Oh, you just happen to notice this, um, and and so, and and I think more of us are really sharing our truths, you know. And I think we're called to do that more and and that's what I appreciate that you are doing Joan because truthfully it takes courage and you know we've been reminded um, and you you are the founder of that core core essence um, <laughs> school I mean that that heart courage and heart are very heart. much yeah. connected on um, that core mm-hmm. word mm-hmm. and um you know I I just want to and and we still have some time left in the show, but, um, you know, I just do want to mention that is that I'm, I'm just happy that that you have the courage to share in the way that you're sharing, because there certainly can be resistance. And yet um, that's part of your purpose is to help mm-hmm. people grow mm-hmm. um, because yeah. they'll be exposed to the information. Yeah, you know, in writing the book, and, and as you said, I I do a lot of integrating of information, and as I'm putting yeah. it together, and you know, like how we physically become enlightened, I think, you know, uh, how, you know how light interacts with water and and all of that, and I'm like, am I, you know, <laughs> sometimes I have to do the reality check, I'm like, totally crazy, you know, <laughs> and you know, and I have to remind myself. Um, I went to the Science of Non-Duality conference in 2010, and I actually talked with Ms. M, and I talked with Stuart Hameroff that I um, referenced in the book. And, you know, what I came away with is that 
you know, really, they don't know any more than I do and, and, and any of us do, and we're all making our best guess at things. And yeah. whatever I write today will be antiquated tomorrow. And, you know, especially now, I, I, as I, my favorite phrase for now is, you know, everything has a short shelf life. Uh-huh. You know, don't get too <laughs> attached to anything because uh-huh. it'll change in the next moment. You know, not in the next day anymore. It's the next moment. So, um, so I just, you're right. Um, it does take a lot of courage to do this. And at the same time, <laughs> it's what my heart is calling me to do and I have to answer my heart. I can no longer, you know, um, you know, hold myself away or whatever. I I have to do the promptings of my heart. Uh, I have to live the book. And just as I had to live the first book, you know, I have to live this book. And as I read today that, you know, um, incongruity is, is the mother of discontent, you know. Uh, yeah. You've got to live what you believe in your heart. Yeah. You know, you can't do one thing and, and uh, you know, say one thing and do another. It just doesn't work. You know, the the paradox maybe or, or the irony that I think more and more of us are becoming aware of is that it does take courage to follow your heart. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is the more that you are aware of of what your heart is calling you to do, um, it would actually, for me, for example, take way more courage to say, go back and, you know, become a <laughs> traditional computer scientist again or whatever, yeah. you know, just, just yeah. totally, or, or in other ways, just totally deny what my heart is saying and just mm-hmm. shut it down and to me, that's that's a form of hell. I mean, I was brought up with the concept yes. of hell. I think you yes. had a religious yes. background too. And it's like it, it, yes. you can create your own. You can create your own. Um, your own hell on earth. Yeah. You're always loved. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always say that. Whenever I say that, there is no real version even close because there's always love to help you come out of it, and it's your heart. And so, so to me, it's just not even an option. You know, you get to the point where where those who don't understand you around you, and we all have people like that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. They may yes, say, oh, you, know, you need to do this or whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. like, oh, yeah. It's just not an option. I mean, it would just yeah. shut you down. I mean, it would be the worst possible yeah. thing that you could do. And, you know, the universe will tell you, too, because I recently <laughs> had that experience, too. Oh, I think I'm going to do this. Oh, really? Uh-huh. You know, and I got message after message after message. No. You're not. <laughs> You're right. This yeah. is the way. <laughs> Sorry. And, and I get that, too, because it seems like, in fact, you raise an important thing, and I've heard this referred to recently by others, too, is that it seems like like we're all having these experiences where we kind of experiment. We dabble a little. We think, you know, we, we see something that says, well, maybe go down this path a little, but then you're down it a little and you're just feeling it. You can feel it. It's physical. Yeah. It is physical yeah. when yeah. you're not aligned. And, and then mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. no, no, this just, you know, I need to stay doing whatever or, or find another way or, you know, and you don't really feel lost sometimes. I mean, I guess, do you have that feeling, Joan? Sometimes you're just sort of like, okay, actually, this is happening to me too. It's just like, okay, fine. Just help me, you know, show me, give me more clues. It's like you need <laughs> yeah, more. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, even though deep down you have a, a, a feeling for the overall flow, 
it's those steps right in front of you that can really trip you up. That, that, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's what I say. You know, I, I can get the big picture in my life. You know, uh-huh. I can kind of feel for like, okay, this, all right, yeah. But it's the details. Yeah. <laughs> like the devil is in the details. Yeah. You know, and the little things that... And more and more, we're being demanded to stay in the moment and be in the moment, yep. you know. And some people, you know, I, I put this out in my uh, newsletter a little bit about Wave X and, you know, a lead-in to today's show and all. You know, and some people may go into fear about that. You know, I didn't focus on that. Yeah, it could be a bump in the road, but we're going through a bump in the road. Hello, look around. Yeah. <laughs> look around you, you know. Yeah, it's pretty but, obvious. <laughs> you know, I mean, okay, um, you know, just today, someone, a former uh, newscaster went in, I think it was in Roanoke, Virginia, and, and on the air shot another newscaster I and the cameraman. That. I you saw know, that. I saw like, that oh. I know. Oh. You know, these it's just people losing it, losing it's it, because the energy is so intense that, you know, it, yeah. You know, more of this is probably going to happen, you know, until it breaks. Um, You know, you can't go into fear. You just just live in the moment. Breathe. And what helps me is to be out in nature. Yes. Oh, me too. You know, that helps me. I mean, you know, I've got a squirrel. Even while we were talking, he came up to the slider. He's looking like, where are my peanuts? Aren't uh-huh. you going to feed me? And I'm like, I'll be right there, you know, but I'm, when the show's done, you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, that I I can relate to animals so easily. It's like, boom, you know, like we talk to one another. I'm like, you know, I am there. I am in the zone. Yes. You know, when I'm in nature, I'm in the zone. And, yes. Oh, oh me too, Joan, so much. Time, people. And just, well, I want to I want to interrupt. I'm going to let us bring this slightly into overtime to close, but because we're we're really getting close to the end of the live show, and I want to thank those of you who have joined us today and Blog Talk Radio, which I know does intervene because um, we've been featured on the front page today of Blog Talk Radio while live, and I'm very thankful for that. Those of you listening live, if we go a little bit over, you can actually call in at 310-807-5104 to hear the end, or you can just wait and listen to the podcast, but I want to thank the live audience that is here, and I want to remind people, hardwiredtoheaven.com, which is on the show page, is, is Joan's, Joan's site. Um, and also, we're going to lose the live audience here, or not really lose them, they're always with us, is um, David Bennett's coming on the show next week, um, September 1st, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and I just wanted to let people know about that live. So, and now, back to you, Joan, I want to um, just, just thank you. This has been so much fun. I mean, I don't, I just love it. When you're on the show, Joan. Well, I love I love you interviewing me too, Susan. We always have a great time, and I just want to say that Dave Bennett's a friend of mine. Um, uh-huh. he, he no longer lives in New York, but um, I, I wish him well. He's got a new book out. Please listen yes. to to his yes. radio show called "A Voice as Old as Time," and that's what we're going to talk about um, next week. And 
September 1st, which I think I'm losing track of the days. We've got 30 seconds left till the live show goes down. Tuesday, Tuesday, September 1st, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern is David Bennett coming on. And just for the live audience leaving us, um, FrontierBeyondFear.com is always going to have the details you need. But that's really cool, Joan, that, that you know Dave Bennett because he's been on the show. And those who haven't heard him yet, who hasn't, haven't heard the previous shows, is he had an amazing experience, um, a near-death experience. And he was a total skeptic. He was just, you know, a mm-hmm. diver, you know, really um, focused on his diving and, and, and you know, um, his career and all what he was doing and, and just had this amazing near-death experience. So so that'll that's really cool that you're connected to him, too. Yes, he's also a fellow Fintorn author. He uh, and yes, his he wife, is. Cindy. Yeah. Yes, yes, and Cindy's been on as well. Actually, she's another wonderful person, and I know she had liked our show on the, the Facebook page. You know, we're all just in the family here. And, yeah, they're, they are Finhorn Press authors, and I'm always thankful to, to the various publishers who are, who are helping this show because – and Finhorn is, is – sending just so many wonderful people and more to come, you know, this fall, um, continuing, and from several other publishers as well. So, I mean, they're just, I think that's what we're finding more and more is, um, you know, more and more people are writing their stories and really sharing what, you know, very honestly, and, and many of these people were skeptics or they're scientists or, you know, they just come from all different backgrounds, and I think it inspires people like me you know, and I'm not the only one that, but we trust, you know, those of us who haven't quite um, gotten our books out, it's just because it's not time yet. It doesn't mean that we're not doing a lot of writing on our own, and I think a lot of people are probably doing a lot of exploring. They're just, um, you know, every book comes in its own timing, and and I guess maybe at the end here, Joan, as we're now in the podcast, and I'm welcoming those who've been with us across time, I always do because I, I feel their energy very present with us. Um, what's coming up for you, Joan? Um, what what kinds of things are you working on? Um, um, where are you where are you heading? I know that that um, you know are, are you well. Just just tell me what 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 are you flowing into these days that you can share? Oh uh, well, I intend to. Uh expand my website and add uh-huh. some uh, some more goodies on there. Maybe to do a little bit more. I do um, vocal toning. Uh-huh. And um, I might put some um, audio files that can be downloaded on there and you know, some PDFs, a lot of different information. So that's where I'm, you know, expanding that. And who knows what's going to be written next. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I you know, said, it I, all I, comes I, in its own time. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that the story that so many people write, or that that when something comes, it comes? Isn't isn't that comes, just the yeah. way? Yeah, and 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 I think that's encouraging in itself to hear you say that, and more and more successful authors out there say this that that you know. So many times people say, oh, you know, I want to write this book or whatever, you know, and they, they're getting stressed about it. And you know what? It just seems like when writing comes, it comes. I mean, and it may come in unexpected ways, and you just let it come. 
That's for sure. Unexpected yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so again, thank you so much. And, you know, I just have to have you on again um, sooner. In fact, it would be so fun, Joan, if there were things – uh, maybe maybe if we start seeing some things with WaveX or, or whatever happens yes. coming into September. And I yes. do know, yes, it would be fun to have you on because one of the A things I'm yeah. really moving this show towards is making it more topical at times. You know, when there are things going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. we have the ability to just have a show, you know, to talk about things and 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 we can just flow with it because there are just so many so many amazing things and I think sometimes we really need an uplifting way of looking at the world's news and and I'll tell you you talked about fear I just had a friend nearby told me that a friend of hers they just packed up all their stuff there are people viewing this very apocalyptically and you know including you know very conservative um, religious groups and basically packed up all their stuff and have moved to some Un- unannounced location up in the mountains because I'm here in Oregon mm-hmm. and uh-huh. you know there are a lot of survivalists here there's it's a very interesting state Oregon there's there's both there's very conservative people there's very liberal people and even even some liberal people are also survivalists it's all overlapping sometimes you don't have to be conservative so so anyway um I think your key point through all of this is we don't need to be in fear that we are we're loved it's about the heart there is guidance you know we're not alone i mean i think that's what you really share about this no matter what happens in the news you know there's a reason and we're not alone well as we get this this energy into us it's going to activate our pineal gland i talk about this in the book and when that's able to access or at least to make more sense out of the higher frequency information, then you can send that to the heart. And what happens is what I think is fear, or one, one way of looking at fear is the, the brain's inability to harmonize or make coherent what appears to be chaotic information. You know, what, what the pineal gland uh, couldn't discern before, the brain couldn't discern before, uh, this high vibration information, it seems like it's chaotic. I, I, I don't know what this means, you know. Um, this must mean blah, blah, blah. You know, you're in fear about whatever, you know. And what's fear? False expectation appearing real. You know, it's this chaotic information. But when you have a different context for it, when you're able to make that information become coherent, then it, it changes that fear. And we, we you know. Yeah. That is so true. That 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 word coherent is so important in in understanding it because I'm finding I found it just yesterday. I had a little mini journey with a pattern of mine from the past, from the corporate world. I had a mini journey, and I had to work with it. And I said, "Hey, you know, this is a pattern, and and why am I responding?" And I felt myself getting stressed and. And and it was just like I was years ago, back in my office, being a computer scientist, stressed about something. And and but in working through it, I saw, and it then shifted, and it turned out it wasn't even what I perceived. I mean, it was just totally based on a pattern that I was ready to release. Um, and I know we'll talk for a while here, but before this show. The internet went down for the first time. I've had it go down so close to a show, and it only came up right before the show 
And yet, um, you know, it was manageable. It was like, okay, well, you know what? If we're not supposed to talk today, then, you know, we'll talk another day. I, mean, I just sort of let it flow. And, and maybe my experience yesterday where I experienced more stress was, was a healing for me, a little mini heal, healing. And this morning I did more of it. And and so it helped me to navigate through just a tiny little test, you know, and it was okay. And here we are. We've had a wonderful time. So, again, thank you. Well, thank you, Susan, for having me on again. It's always, always a pleasure. Uh, well, I, I'm just so glad that that you're here. And, you know, there's just a whole soul family of people now, it feels like, coming in. And, and we're just having a lot of fun exploring. Um, and and that's that's the purpose, you know, just to to feel free to explore in the ways that we do. So um, thank you again, Joan, and I do look forward to having you on again soon. Let's let's make sure that happens fairly soon because this was so much fun. I think we could we could talk for 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 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so um, take care and and thank you for being here today. Well, thank you, Susan. All right. Have a have a good evening where you're at. <laughs> Thank you. You too. All right. Um, just a quick show note to the audience in the podcast. Um, just another reminder. Um, you could be listening to this show at any time. I realize that. So you could be listening to these shows out of order. And you might want to go back and look for Joan's shows. And when we talk about website upgrades, although it's long been promised and will come in the perfect timing, it's gradually coming online. Jones is actually one of the pages I'd like to get up soon where all of her shows are in one place. And so you can just go there. And more and more, I'm I'm really moving in the direction. I, I'll tell you, I, I did a blog post recently. And by the way, I'd like to blog more often and will, but if you ever go to FrontierBeyondFear.com, there's a blog there, and I invite you to come in there because then, you know, that inspires me to share, but often I just share whatever's on my heart. But one of the things that I blogged about recently is if we can just spend five minutes, and I have to say I haven't totally honored this, but it's a goal, and I'm being reminded of it. If something matters to you, a project, whatever it might be, and one of the projects that matters to me is adding a thematically mapped search approach to the the website so people can go to, say, the heart page and find shows about the heart that we've done or go to a particular author's page and find all the shows that that author's done. And we've done this to some degree, but it, it just has taken a long time to come online. So, you know, it's a reminder to me and to all of us, if we have a project like that, seems to be getting lost and all the other things that we're doing is just devote a little bit of time, you know, and so I'm reminded how long would it take me to get Joan's page up? I'm a it's easy computer science this. You know, just do it, you know, one day and there it'll be. And so and to some degree that does happen and has happened, but it's a reminder for all of us that our dreams we can create. Um, if we just invest even a little bit of time. And then before you know it, you've spent five minutes and it's been 30 and maybe an hour. And it's like, gosh, I need to get back to this tomorrow. And then you're really into it. And before you know it, you may have your book or whatever that project is that, that calls to your heart. So 
Um, again, David Bennett coming on Tuesday, September 1st, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and he's going to talk about a voice as old as time, and he's also a returning guest. And look at FrontierBeyondFear.com for other future shows. I'll be updating that schedule. I'm talking to several publishers and publicists right now about some really cool people, some returning, a lot of new people coming, and I'm really excited about that. So take care, everyone. Find find your heart. Listen to your heart, and it will steer you where you need to go if you choose to listen. Thank you.